What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It has been such a wild week with everything going on, not only with the PGA Tour, the Live Golf Tour, and whatever this is that they have agreed to, that I need to try to get some clarity, and who better to go to than a guy that I've had a relationship with for 25 years or more, and still returns my text message, my email, my phone call, and he's one of the premier golf writers, and I don't mind saying this, insiders, and I enjoy uh, reading Bob Herrig all the time from Sports Illustrated. You also know Bob previously ESPN. I go all the way back with Bob for the old St. Pete Times before it was the Tampa Bay Times when he was writing college football and Florida State stuff before the golf. So you and I go back again. Thank you. I know it has been a week. There are weeks and then there's this week. I don't want to speak for you on that, but thank you for doing this, first of all, because I know that you're very busy and it's good to have you. Yeah, it's good to be with you. I'm I'm glad we could fit it in. It has been a week. Um, it's I, I'm trying to think of a of a week that I could compare it to in terms of what I do, and um, and 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 frankly, it's not going to be just a week. It's going to be a lot more. Sure. Um, but you know, you probably have to go back to the the Tiger scandal. I mean, that was surreal, and uh, that time, and that's 2009. Correct. So, I mean, there's been a lot of Tiger comebacks. There's been a lot of interesting stuff and crazy days with 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 him over the years. Obviously, the launching of Live was big, um, but this this was um, complete shock, and nobody saw this coming. And we're still trying to figure out what it all means. Well said on that. And so, because this is a sports media podcast, I kind of I love to roll the sleeves up and go into the nuts and bolts. So, take me to Tuesday morning. I shared this on the podcast earlier in the week when I when I had to leave you alone and, and could wait until the dust settled. Tuesday morning, I'm with my teenage girls and their teenage friends. And, and Bob, you're going to laugh. I'm the chaperone. I'm the Uber because they can't drive yet. I'm holding the money. And we are at Adventure Island, the Tampa Water Amusement Park in the Tampa Bay area. And I'm trying to get in the parking lot, get them in the entrance with their tickets and get us settled so they can go ride water rides. And my phone, just like everybody else's phone that's in the media or cares about golf, is going absolutely crazy. And I suddenly realize why. So I will always remember where I was when all this was going down because it was just a crazy scenario on a summer Tuesday morning for me now take me to you who you do this full-time for a living take me back to tuesday morning what you're doing and suddenly you start getting messages and seeing social media pick it up from there please well i had just gotten home 
late Monday night, I had been at the Memorial in, in Ohio. And, I, and, um, and so I was, for some reason, I took a late flight out of there and didn't get home until after midnight. And I was just sort of, you know, rubbing the sleep out of my eyes on Tuesday morning. And, you know, the U.S. Open is next week. I had some things related to that that I was going to work on, just, you know, kind of run-of-the-mill stuff. It was, frankly, meant to be um, this kind of a, you know, getting my bearings back again for a day. And somebody that I know that I've had some dealings with overseas that follows live very closely had texted me and said, there's a report that, that live and the tour are going to merge. True. <laughs> true. He asked me and I'm like, I can't believe it's true. No chance. That's mm -hmm. what, that's what I wrote back. Mm -hmm. And within about two minutes, I got a call from a colleague of mine, Alex Maselli, mm -hmm. who works for sports illustrated and has been writing a lot on this too. He covers a lot of the legal stuff. And he said, have you seen the CNBC thing? I go, what do you know? He goes, he goes, Jay and Yasser are on there right now. They're they're the the tour and, and live or the piff are doing some sort of a deal. And then so all of a sudden it's like within a few minutes the the tour has a statement out. And then I just went into work mode. I had no time to even process it. I mean, I just had to kind of quickly, you know, get the nuts and bolts out there. And then it became just all day of trying to reach people, getting reaction, you know. I reached out to a bunch of the live players who I know that I have contact info for. Nobody knew it was coming. Um, and, you know, what's interesting at this point is we're talking on Friday. The live players have still heard nothing from Yasser. His name is Yasser Al-Rumayan. He's the mm -hmm. governor of the public investment fund. He's a Saudi Arabian. Uh, you know, he's he look, he he. He's not too far away in terms of arm's lengths from MBS. He runs their $650 billion fund, but he's a golf nut. He loves golf. I've seen him at a few of these live events I've gone to, plays in the pro-ams, um, has been sort of described as a very – he got his schooling in the U.S. I think he went to – I think he went to the Harvard Business School. Mm -hmm. um, he's he's – um, you know, uh, they, they've never let us interview him, but he, from everybody that you talk to who's met him, he's he's just, you know, he's a down to earth guy, you know, and um, and um, he's he's it. So but anyway, he's on CNBC sitting next to Jay Monahan, and like. I, I think I'd see Tiger and Elon sitting next together before I'd see that. You know what I mean? If like, you had that on was... the bingo card, which one would be yeah. more likely? So um, I just I just wonder, I, I wanted to interject this, but I wanted you to finish. Did part of you almost feel like, am I Neo in the Matrix? Did I take <laughs> the red pill? Am I really, am I dreaming? Am I really watching this? Did you have to try to look for a grasp on reality for a second? Am I really watching Jay Monahan sit there with the people, with the person that's representing the people that he and the PGA Tour have been vilifying, the word I keep using, for a year. Was part of you, this is so surreal, did I take the did I take the wrong blue pill or the red pill? What pill did I take? Well, it, uh, 
you're 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 right. It's look and look. It, I just let me preface preface it this way. Um, you know, I've known Jay since before he was commissioner. Um, you know, I think our personal feelings sometimes tend to, um, you know, sway us a little bit. He's a very likable man. Very, you know, he's always been good to the media as 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 good as he can be. He seems to understand our jobs. He's got a very hard job. And so I've always sort of tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know, and while I don't know that he handled all these things properly, um, I certainly, you know, I'm not one to bash him because I think it's hard. I think it's a hard job. You you know, like if you want to relate it to the club pro who's got 200 members he has to please, well, imagine being the commissioner of the PGA Tour trying to please all those guys, Mm -hmm. you know, and so, but that all said, Jay has been saying for a year, and I think I always felt it was a mistake to go down the road of criticizing the moral and political aspects of Saudi Arabia. Not because it's wrong, not because those things aren't real. Of course they are. You know, the, the, the possible ties to 9-11, they're human rights issues. They kill gay people. They behead people. You know, they, they put people in jail for saying things that they, that, you know, that they don't like. There's a lot to not like about Saudi. Okay, so all of that is fine. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that the tour does business with a ton of companies that do business with Saudi. The tour has done business in China, which has an abysmal human rights record. There's all kinds of of conflicts in that fight, right? So I always thought it's a bad road to go down because you had enough other reasons to fight against um, against a rival. I mean, if the it, it, it's, as powerful as the NFL is, if another football league wanted to come in and play professional football on Sundays against the NFL and take their players to do it, they wouldn't like it. They would want to fight it. It doesn't matter who's putting up the money. 30 years ago, Greg Norman, who's the commissioner of Liv, tried to start a rival league. Nobody had any issues with the funding then. It, it was, it was the, you know, Fox Sports was going to put the money up for his idea, which wasn't far off from what Liv is, like 30-player, mm-hmm. 40-player fields, you know, no cuts. You know, that kind of stuff. Get the stars on the PGA Tour to play eight tournaments a year. This was like 1994. I remember. And, yes. the, tour, and, and the tour shot it down. Tim Fincham, the commissioner then, basically squashed it. He threatened fines and suspensions. And he came up with his own idea that the, became the World Golf Championship events a couple of years later. So Monaghan could have just done that. He could have just spoke to the legacy of the PGA Tour. And that's what Arnold Palmer said back then. This is where you make your name. This is your platform. We're, we're, we're going to increase the purses. They did designated events. You know, this is where you're letting you, you might not get war. You go down, make all those arguments. He, but they also made the Saudi argument. And now that looks incredibly hypocritical that they're getting to be partners with them. You know, they wouldn't take the phone call. They wouldn't even talk to them. And now they're in business with them. And it just looks terrible. And, now, ultimately, who knows? Maybe it'll be great for them. But, uh, uh, you know, right now, you got a lot of people that are very much questioning Jay 
And, and, you know, maybe ultimately he had no choice. And again, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on that, but in terms of public perception, he looks awful. Sure. And I'm, I, I should say again, I, I went on and on probably too long, but I feel passionately about this and I've covered the game and you know, this through PGA tour radio and Sirius XM previously, uh, I love the game. I know a lot of people on all sides of this, including not just PGA Tour, live golf, live golf people. Uh, you're as sourced in as anybody on all of this. So I'm just interested in, in how all of it has played out. I've said what I've I've said previously, uh, which is a lot of this, I, I'm opinion-based, a lot of this is on Jay Monahan because he didn't take them seriously and didn't think it was going to happen. And once it did happen, it was suddenly damage control. And what do we do? And that's where uh, I, I know it's not that I think I know it's the hit them on blood money, hit them on 9-11, hit them that way. Fight fire with fire that speaking of fire is now completely backfired when you're sitting there next to Yasser uh, Al-Ramunyan, uh, the, the symbolism of that. OK, so let's get into this, because, again, you've been reporting on this this week. And as we sit here on Friday. The survivability of Jay Monahan as the PGA Tour commissioner has some of this quelled because there were some players, I believe, that earlier this week, and may, this may still be the case, and it may it may ratchet up once we get to the U.S. Open, et cetera, that this accelerates. In your reporting, do you believe that the rhetoric is going to get ratcheted up, the belief behind the scenes is going to get ratcheted up for Jay Monahan to be gone because of what he did unilaterally on their behalf and a lot of them don't agree with it. What do you what do you make of that? Well, I mean, there's certainly a lot of that sentiment, but the way it works is the the policy board basically determines his fate. And the policy board, the PJ Tour policy board is made up of 10 members. Five of them are businessmen, five of them are players. Two of those businessmen were ones who helped broker this deal. Jimmy Dunn and Ed mm -hmm. Hurley, who's the chairman of the policy board, those guys are heavy hitters in business. And they so they clearly support Jay because they went to do this. My sense is that and look, Rory seems to have come out in favor of Jay. So now you, you've got three of the 10. We don't know what the others are going to say. All right. But I would guess those other three business people were probably privy to some of this. And. Unless they really feel like like Hurley and and Dunn went rogue, my sense is they're going to support their two colleagues, and so then Jay survives, you know. And um, they've you know, and also if I'm the players, I think I'd want to wait and see how this shakes out a little bit. You you are about to be in a position where you can benefit from this greatly in terms of money. And have no worries about the political fallout because you had no choice. You didn't make the choice. They did. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, I've, I've we've all kind of I think as this has gone on over the past year, you know, take the golfers out of it. All right. I know people who went to work for live. Some of them were laid off by the PGA Tour mm -hmm. during the pandemic. Obviously, if you're going to run a golf tour, you need people who have been part of a golf tour. And I looked at those guys and go, I don't blame them for going to work for this entity. They they wanted a job in golf. They've just got this opportunity. They're going to have they're going to get paid 
I mean, is like, but so like, but so where's the line drawn as to who is, is guilty of taking blood money and who isn't right? Those people are, they're working a job. They actually work for a, a corporation that's been formed in the U S like their day-to-day lives have nothing to do with Saudi Arabia. And so that to me is why this thing's very, very complicated. Sure. You know, what, what would I do? What would you do? What if mm-hmm. somebody offered us five times what we're making to do the same job that we do? You know, I mean, it's hard to put, put, put that sort of thing aside when I know my decision is not going to impact anything in the world. Frankly, if live had never launched, if they'd have played three events and shut, shut it down and been the laughing stock, do you think it would have changed anything in Saudi? If Dustin Johnson says, no, I, I can't do this. My conscience won't let me. It doesn't change anything. I mean, that doesn't make it right, but it also makes it complicated to me. And okay. so here we are. Sure. No doubt. Bob Herrick is giving me some great insight, and I promised him that I would not have him long. Here is part of the Last Word on Sports Media podcast, a special conversation with SI's golf writer. All right, so I want to get to nuts and bolts of your reporting because you reported on Wednesday, and each day is like a new chapter, and I'm with you. There are not a lot of answers right now. Narrative's going to change. Uh, it's it's almost like uh, tune in next week and then tune in next week and then tune in next week. And next week is the U.S. Open where there are a bunch of live golfers who are going to be playing in the U.S. Open. And it's going to be fascinating. Bob, Bob, Bob better get his sleep right now because I don't know how much rest there's going to be once the live guys arrive and the rhetoric gets turned up on what's going to happen. But I want to go back to Wednesday because you reported on Greg Norman trying to reassure over 100 employees, players and others that were on a, a media call, a conference call of some type. I don't know if it's a video call. You can clarify on that. Maybe it was just the phone where he was trying to reassure them on a couple of fronts. Number one, that from the top, from, from all the way up at the top, that the Live Golf Tour is not going anywhere, so much so that they're already trying to plan out not just 2024 next year, but 2025. All right, so that was your reporting on Wednesday. Uh, g- give me a little more insight into that because Greg Norman hasn't really talked publicly. I don't know when he will. I don't know how involved he is. You're better plugged in than me. Give me an assessment on that reassurance Wednesday and what we know now as we head to this weekend and next week to the U.S. Open, Bob. Yeah, I mean, that adds another you know bit of murkiness to this whole thing because the live people have not gotten any feedback from the PIF. Uh, certainly not the players. Norman has a conference call with the employees, but not the players. Okay. And he assures them they're going on this year. You know, the the, the door, the pathways are open to sponsorship. We're going to keep going. Now, look, is he just saying that to keep everybody, you know, imagine the morale if you said nothing. Of course. You know, so there's, so there's a bit of skepticism that I have about that whole thing. You know, they've got a tournament. They've got two tournaments coming up here. They got one in Spain and one in England. Uh, you know, first first part of July, and they got to run those events. If they're if they're gonna if they're gonna do this, they got to run those events. And do they want all their people quitting? So you know, it could have just been we got to keep this going for you know to, to keep them on board. Um, but there also is the possibility that they do see poss- pathways to now look. There's there's there should be no stigma, right? If it, if it's okay, if you didn't want to be associated with live because the PJ tour didn't want you to. Well, the PJ tour can't say that now. That's exactly so right. If you, if you thought that there was some value in supporting live, 
that door's now open. In theory, down the road, they might be able to have a better TV deal. Yes. You know, maybe they'll have, maybe they'll be able to sell these teams now that, which has been their business model and nobody's understood how that would work. Another yes. You know, and, and look, I I think, let me, I'm trying to think now they've played last year. They played eight events and I went to seven of them. Mm -hmm. I've only been to two this year. I'm going to at least, you know, as long as they play, I'm going to at least three more this year. And and what I usually say to people is, is once you get past all the rhetoric and the balls are in the air, it's golf. Mm-hmm. It's actually fine. It's fine. Okay, yeah, they're wearing shorts. Well, that, that doesn't bother me. Okay, it's a shotgun start. Well, when you're in person at a golf tournament, shotgun starts great because everybody's on the course at the same time and you can go find whoever you want. If you show up at 10 o'clock and Tiger's not teeing off until 1, well, now you got three hours until you get to see Tiger. Mm-hmm. And this thing... You know, if, if if you show up at noon and the shotgun start begin, begins at 12.15, you can see Phil, Cam, DJ, whoever you want, whenever you just go where they're playing. So, like, from a, from a spectator point of view, it's actually okay. They, and, the, and, of course, they, they've, they're, they've been first class the way they've built it out. And, look, all the all PGA Tour events are that way. You know, the Valspar does a great job of their presentation and all those things. But so does Live, and it's a little bit different. You know, they have a nice fan area, interactive area. They have a food area where they bring in local vendors. They've had a lot of, they've had concerts after they do have music playing on the driving range and on some of the holes, which is different as a spectator. That doesn't bother me, you know? So like the actual golf part of it has some legs, you know, the negativity has come from, well, nobody can watch it. And the CW stinks or, you know, all those things that have some merit or, you know, God, who want, I can't follow the leaderboard on TV. Yeah, good point. It's tough. I agree. But like, could it could it survive in a maybe a smaller fashion or whatever? I mean, I'm just I'm not I can't discount it yet because I, they've just had some roadblocks that have been moved aside. There's no question about that. And it's interesting. Uh, and I know he's a colleague of yours. So I was reading Michael uh, Rosenberg about this. People that are talking right now in absolutes. I, I just sit back and almost laugh. I mean, and Rosenberg wrote that the, the live tour is going away. And I don't know if he's doing talking points for people that have been giving him stuff. And I'm not asking you to bash one of your colleagues, but uh, there are others that, that almost seem to be parroting what the PGA tours point of view is, is that, Oh, live, live golf is going to go away. I, I don't have any belief that live golf is going away for 2024, especially as entrenched as they have been in this battle and ask yourself this, not Bob, but to everybody. Why would the players of Live, why would the Live Golf Tour lay down litigation to get nothing in return for that, to have their tour go away and have the players potentially be punished if they're trying to go back on the PGA Tour with fines and suspensions? Uh, That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't add up. That seems more like the talking points of the people that are being swallowed somewhat in this, the PGA Tour, that let's get it out there for as much public consumption on the internet and through the media that there is going to be no live golf tour. When I don't think anybody knows for sure, I, I, I continue to be on the record, world according to TJ, there will be a live golf tour in 2024. They're going to dig their heels in and they're going to keep playing and they're going to keep going. Uh, and, and until someone says concretely besides Jay Monahan whispering or, or answering the question with, well, I don't, I don't foresee them, uh, continuing, um, 
I, I, I'm going to continue to believe that because I think you're right. There's a lot more money that's going to now be involved. Uh, there's television that's now going to be involved. Um, it, it's to me, I think it's going to continue. I think they're going to be rival tours and, and the rest we've got to, we've got to try to figure out. You have any response to all of what I just said there? Cause I said a lot, just there, anything else from you on what I just said about live surviving, et cetera. Well, as I've tried to be Switzerland in this whole thing, I think mm -hmm. I could argue either side. Certainly sure. what Michael wrote was from the tour side. He spoke mm -hmm. to Jimmy Dunn directly. Mm -hmm. And so, look, that's their take but on Jimmy, it. But Jimmy Dunn doesn't have any idea if they're going to continue live or not. Jimmy's trying to broker the piece. That's I read his piece. I read Michael's piece. Mm -hmm. And through the whole thing, the interpretation I had was these guys realized that we are fighting a battle we are ultimately going to lose. If we don't lose it in 2023 or 2024, we're, we're going to lose it because they have so much more money than us. They can afford the long game, and we're going to start losing events as the PGA Tour, which is going to make our membership go crazy. How do we broker peace? That's what these two guys, that's I believe, did. That's, that's my read on what they did. And right now, there's not definitive details on what the broker peace is. Fair? Go ahead. Go ahead. With that. Well, that's true. I mean, he, if I were to argue for the tour side, what what I would say is that, you know, Monaghan's still in charge of the PGA Tour. This new entity that's this for-profit LLC that they're going to form will have Monaghan as CEO and more board seats. And they are not keen on the whole team thing, even though they paid lip service to it. So how will that work? And you could look at this from a very, very um, kind of ruthless perspective that the PIF didn't care that much about live and that they just wanted to get in the game. And now they have a seat at the table. They're going to mm -hmm. be a big investor. Yasser's going to have a seat on the PJ tour policy board, right next to right next to Jimmy Dunn. And, and he's going to have, he's going to have his say sure. and money talks. And because they've got money involved their their say might mean more. Uh, so like they could just pull the plug on it. Sure and, and, and we just don't know. But That's right. to, to your point, like Liv was Yasser's baby. Mm -hmm. He was very hands on for a guy who has a lot of crap going on. I mean, you know, you're you're only in charge of the a six hundred and fifty billion dollar sovereign wealth fund. Oh, by the way, you're the governor of the Newcastle United Premier League football team, which is huge business and obviously is is worldwide appeal. And then, but you're going to get involved in naming the teams on the Live Golf League. He loves it. He's a golf he's a golf nut himself, and I'm not so sure he wants to just see it die. Even though they can probably handle losing the billion dollars, I think they see some potential now. That's why I'm not willing to say it's absolutely done. I actually had a nice, friendly chat with with Michael, my colleague, about this because I said. I, you know, like, I, I don't think it's clear who's the real boss. Like mm -hmm. the tour's acting like they're the boss, but inside on the live side, they're thinking that, hey, look, Yasser's involved now and it's our money and we don't think he's going to dump this thing. So, it, but again, I just keep going back to, we really do not know. They could have just easily pulled the plug on live right now and they didn't do that. They're going to play it out this year. Clarify that. Sure. Clarify on that point. They have existing contracts beyond this year with a lot of those big names that they would still be on the hook to pay. Now, obviously they can pay it, but my mentality 
what do I know is if we're having to pay for this for the rest of 2023 anyway, and we have a schedule, you're going to play it. Now, maybe not for 2024. Maybe it's over with after this year. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't think I am. And by the way, I'm on the record, Bob Herrig. Feel free to come back to me and come back around. When all of this gets brokered and the live guys who've laid down their litigation want to come back and play PGA Tour events, they're not going to face fines and big-time suspensions. Why am I dropping my litigation on my end? Why are we losing our golf league on our end? Why am I facing fines and suspensions? What do we get out of any of this when we're the money? Follow the money. When we're the money. Right. That that just does not add up for Michael Rosenberg or anybody else that's got the tour talking points that are out there. Something that got explained to me like 20 years ago, and it's now big with uh, the crossover sports and conference realignment, where conferences are going and grabbing teams and putting other conferences in jeopardy of being out of business, et cetera. We just saw this with the Big Ten grabbing USC and UCLA. You're going to be out in Southern California and my God, they've released the schedule next year that USC is going to play its first Big Ten game at the Coliseum against Michigan. My friend, we are living in a red pill world, are we not? That USC is going to yeah. be at the Coliseum playing a Pac-12 game, uh, playing a Big Ten game, excuse me, uh, at the at the Coliseum against Michigan. And it's, it's reality. But what got explained to me, and I've utilized this and repeated it, is the little fish doesn't ever dictate while being swallowed to the big fish. The little fish doesn't get to dictate what sauce is on him, how he's prepared, grilled, fried, battered. And in this case now, the PGA Tour, while a big fish, isn't the biggest fish. And I, I just don't understand the the premise or the idea that they're going to dictate anything here in this. And we just don't know. And then there's a whole other variable that we could go another 30 minutes on is does the merger get approved? Does the Department of Justice approve it? Oh, by the way, Bob Herrick, clarify for me. Just because the Live Golf Tour, I've, I've said this, but tell me if I'm wrong. Just because the Live Golf Tour laid down in, in its uh, litigation, the Department of Justice is still investigating the PGA Tour for antitrust violation and monopolistic practices of which they've been getting data, testimony, and evidence from all kinds of people, including Live Golfers, including Phil Mickelson, who was on the record a couple of weeks ago, and you were there at Oak Hill when he was talking about it. That has not gone away. Clarify that, please, here for the uh, for the audience now, that's, that's still there, and I think this whole deal is going to require regulatory approval, which isn't going to happen in the next couple of days or weeks. So it's like there's going to be um, – there might be like a, a period of wait and see here with all of it. Um, there's already – my colleague Alex Maselli wrote a story about in Congress, and it has support on both sides of the aisle. It's not like a – it's not like a you know one side or the other. The, both sides are annoyed that the tour signed on with Saudi, and they're, they're they want to put together legislation that would get rid of the tour's tax exempt status. The tour apps, operates as a tax exempt member organization, not as a charitable organization. The tournaments are that, but the tour itself acts as a, as a nonprofit for, for members and it's set up and it's been that way forever, but, you know, obviously on their revenue, they don't pay tax. And, you know, now that they're going to be getting money from the Saudis, I think that the government would like to have a piece of it. It's so, incredible um, on the face. If I can just interrupt, it's incredible on the face, but that's always been true. And it may be that that's going to be a real problem right now moving forward for this to get approval. You're exactly right. Yeah. That It's incredible that out of hundreds of millions of dollars, they're not paying tax 
uh, in and around that. Okay, so one more, because I know you've got to go, and you've been gracious with me, and and you may be getting message right now that there's another twist in all of this as we put the podcast out on a Friday. You are headed when to the U.S. Open coverage for SI.com, uh, and, and what do you anticipate, because there will be live golfers there, uh, like Phil, like Dustin Johnson, like Cam Smith, that are all exempt to play in this, uh, get uh, get ready for more chapters of the ongoing drama, the week-to-week drama. Stay tuned. Uh, when do you go? And tell me more about what you anticipate here. Uh, I'm leaving Sunday morning. Um, I'll probably go to the golf course Sunday afternoon, seeing, see if anybody's around. Um, uh, and um, uh, And you're right. There's going to be guys like Brooks and Bryson and, and uh, Dustin Johnson, who we've not – well, we've heard from Bryson. Frankly, I don't think he came off real well in his interview on CNN. But Brooks hasn't talked. DJ hasn't talked. What does this mean? You know, uh, look, I think this is going to swallow up the U.S. Open for a day or two. And then, you know, hopefully by Thursday it gets back to the golf. Um, and, and it's just we get to enjoy a major championship. But it's just inevitable. You, you, can't, you can't ignore it. The questions come up at every major since Liv began. And it's certainly not going to go away now. No doubt about that. Um, And we shall see. Uh, Keep up the great work with your reporting. Again, you're most gracious to give me time as we sort through all of this. Uh, We're not even close to understanding all of it. I don't know that Jay Monahan survives it. I reference, as I brought up on the previous podcast, and Bob, you know this, but for the audience again here, the LPGA players rose up against Carolyn Bivens, and I was working on PGA Tour Radio, and that's a whole fascinating thing in and of itself about what I was allowed to talk about and what I was not. It was an opposing tour, and we were having constant meetings, but we we kept reporting on the players, the prominent players have no faith in her extinguishing LPGA events and her business model, and they did a no-confidence vote and removed her. I don't know what's going to happen with Jay Monahan, but anybody that tells you right now that he's 100% safe, that's like coming from Jay Monahan. That's coming from Jay Monahan's inner circle and his wishful yeah. thinking and his hopes because nobody knows. Nobody knows. Stay tuned on that. We'll, we'll see. We'll see on that. Bob, thank you for the time. Anything else in closing? Good luck. Get some rest. Good luck. And, and, uh, and here we go with the U.S. Open and crowning a major champion uh, next week in Los Angeles. Uh, here we go with that, Bob Herrick. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Um, lo- love. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that golf course. I think it's, it's a great, uh, it's got great potential from everything I've heard. And, and um, you know, kind of like Victor Hovland after his memorial win, but I think there's a lot of guys that, that, that we're going to be looking at going in there. No doubt. Bob Herrick, thank you. All right, TJ. Thanks for having me.